Hello, and welcome to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. I'm your host, Randy Fine, also a narcissistic abuse expert. You know, every adult child of narcissistic abuse well relates to the dysfunctional pattern of behavior exhibited by a narcissistic parent at the Christmas family dinner table, or really any holiday dinner table. The position or role they play in the family causes each family member to be triggered in a specific way. When buttons are pushed and reactions are unfiltered, the supposedly joyous family celebration becomes one of chaos and pain. Meanwhile, the narcissistic parent plays the victim and the innocent. How many times have you been sucked into this scenario? How many family Christmas dinners have you attended hoping that this year will be different only to find that it never is? Today's special guest, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, Christiana Davidson will be exploring the unique dynamic of this all too painful but familiar scenario. She will be offering advice on how to navigate it, manage it, or perhaps avoid it. Christiana Davidson is a psychotherapy hypnotherapy specialist based in London, UK, who helps adult children of narcissistic parents be free to live their lives with purpose and passion. With a particular interest in the effects of narcissistic parenting, attachment and codependency. She is a member of the British, British Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy. Christy is available for online therapy internationally. For more information, you can email her at christiana at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. Good, good um, well, it's not necessarily good morning, but welcome, Christy. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's so Thank fun. you for having me on your show. My pleasure. Um, so, you know, I know that this is your specialty, and I think we're going to have some fun with this because while this is triggering for many people, it's also, if you stand on the outside and look in, it's quite humorous. So, Let's talk about what happens maybe before the dinner even starts. So what do you think? And, and I think we're gonna focus more on the mother because we have to pick one parent. Um, we'll mention briefly the father, but I think we need to focus more on the mother because she's a lot more fun. <laughs> All right, so what happens before the dinner even? starts because we know that there's always a build-up yes i mean you know the word christmas with a narcissistic mother already evokes feelings of dread in the adult children um, themselves i mean the narcissistic mother this is the kind of highlight of the year um, for her it's it's a place it's the time when she can really wield the most sort of manipulation um, throughout the year um, and she makes sure um, that even if you're not spending Christmas with her and you've told her that 
somehow she's going to meddle in your Christmas celebration. Um, often what happens is I find before Christmas, um, the, the narcissistic mother particularly will try to catch the adult child off guard about their preparations or their plans for the Christmas celebration. So she might sort of out of the blue, maybe three, four months before the time, just say, oh, you know, what are, what are your plans this year for Christmas? You know, what are, what are we doing this year? Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's one of the tactics is to catch the adult child off guard. Uh, so they're caught flustering um, and, and then feeling obliged to include uh, the narcissistic mother in their celebration. And often, you know, for the adult child, it's going against their will. You know, Christmas is meant to be something we really look forward to, um, that we celebrate with those that we love and that we feel safe with and that we exchange gifts with from the heart. But the thing is, when you have an adult, when you have a, a narcissistic mother, um, there's a real sense of it being an obligation, something that you have to do. Um, and, and that quite frankly, is not something you look forward to. And for adult children, they don't look forward to spending time, especially tense time uh, with their narcissistic mothers. Yes, I, I, there is a sense of dread um, and obligation. And so the children are already the adult children are already put on edge. They're already, before anything even starts, they're already tense. So if the, nar if the narcissist is the dad, he may not show any interest, but you know, he also may, or he may say, you know, oh, I just wanna watch the football game today, or he might, might start drinking early and be drunk by the time they get, the guests get there or they sit at the table. He may say to his um, his wife, "Don't get me the same kind of present you got me last year, okay? You know, I don't want that." Or he may make fun of the children, or or sort of cut into the children by saying something like, um, "I hope your son doesn't bring that floozy of a girlfriend over here again." Or or he might say. Um, your daughter is going to keep her nasty mouth shut so something very cutting like that but that's briefly um mentioning the father but okay so mom's in the kitchen what's happening <laughs> <laughs> so and excuse me referring to my notes here a little bit from time okay. to time okay. um but you know yes i you see I think the, the, the object of the narcissist, mother or father, is to spoil it from the word go, to stamp their imprint on your Christmas from the word go, so that it no longer belongs to you. The focus is always on them, mother or father, to be honest. Um, but the narcissistic mother has, you know, some really, uh, like you said earlier, some quite comical ways of of assuring that attention is always on her. You know, this is her Christmas and it's your role to make sure that you don't disappoint her, you know, because she's put so much effort into it, whether she's coming around your house or whether you're going to hers, you know, 
you need to make sure that you are listening out for her needs and that your focus is constantly on making her Christmas something special with the family as it should be. You are so, so um, <laughs> there's a, a sense of tension for all members of the family long before the Christmas meal comes around. Uh, everyone's wondering, you know, oh, I hope it will be okay this year. It might be, let's hope, you know, let's hope mum doesn't spoil it. And there's stress from the moment of arrival. It won't be good enough, you know, if mum doesn't have those little sausages this year that you were asked to bring and you were meant to get them and you feel terrible that you they'd run out by the time you got to the store. And mum is quite clear at the disappointment that there were none left. You know, did you not go and collect them earlier in advance like she did with all the other things? Oh, that's such a pity. I do like those special herbed sausages. <laughs> and so already there's a sense of deflation in the celebration. And the thing is, you've been blamed for it. She's innocent. Always. The narcissistic parent loves everyone coming over to their house, especially, as then they can bask in the supply of serving others, when really they've manipulated it so that the family is serving them. Mm, good point. So let's let's just imagine now we're in we're in the narcissistic mother's home and we've arrived and there's been the disappointment in the sausages but you know everyone's milling around sort of thing mum's out in the kitchen and um, quite often what will happen is um, even though she's out of sight you know and, and presumably therefore not the centre of attention she will make sure that she is. So there might be slams coming from the kitchen or there might be huffing and puffing or, oh, you know, barking of orders. Can someone come and help me with this? Or, you know, shouting to the husband, have you made sure that the decorations are up in the lounge or whatever? <laughs> um, but there's a sense of, you know, everyone being on edge and, and hoping that everything's going to come together um, and that mum will be able to cope with it all. And everyone's absorbing this toxic energy. Um, so what should be a lovely kind of, oh, let's just go with the flow, you know, it's lovely to see you. Yeah, come and sit down and, you know, the smell of the, the, the roast on already. And no, not in the narcissistic household. It's stress and tension to the max from the start. Uh, the narcissistic husband may be emasculated for his lack of having bought the correct spice or set the oven to the correct temperature. And the narcissistic mother will ensure that if things do go wrong, it's absolutely someone else's fault. Um, if she burns something, then it's because no one else is helping her or she was distracted by your conversation. And now you've spoiled her sprouts and her Christmas. <laughs> You know, I, I think that um, in these scenarios, 
the adult children are suddenly put back into the, their childhood roles. And what's interesting yes. is that the mother cannot relate to them any other way. And so she has to get them back um, into that subservient kind of space. Yes, absolutely. So it's very subtle this sometimes, you know, it, she might say come out from the kitchen and call her daughter who's now married, got her own children, etc. But she'll call her daughter over and say, you know, well, um, Sarah, um, can I ask you to lay the table, please? Yes, and you know to put the napkins on, on the left. <laughs> or, you know, um, and what she's doing is, you know, the daughter might be feeling, oh, God, yes, I know where to put the napkins. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of sort of infant infantilizing. So it's keeping the child in the role of child, which is such a, you know, a common tactic of the narcissist. It's that one-upping, especially the narcissistic mother, one-upping and making sure that she's the one that's dominant um, and in command. Now, if the mother was visiting your house, perhaps, uh, and you're in the kitchen cooking and, I don't know, getting the roast potatoes on or, or whatever you're doing, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if the narcissistic mother would come out to the kitchen and sort of, you know, almost peer over your shoulder at what you're doing and just stand there for a bit um, waiting for a, even a bodily reaction from you because that is a bit of a supply source for her to see you squirm a little bit or be a bit on edge that she's inspecting what you're, uh, what you're doing. Um, and there might be a remark, you know, sort of, oh, you know, how are you preparing the potatoes this year? What are you, are you doing the usual glazed ones that we always have? I do love those. And of course, if you're not, um, you've got to justify yourself. And, and the adult child might, might be caught defending her choice of, you know, plain potatoes this year with her, I don't know what dressing. Um, oh, gosh. But there's a, you know, and this is one of the, the, the things about Christmas with narcissists. It's kind of, it's almost like it's a show. And everyone's got to be part of this show, keeping up, you know, the show must go on sort of thing. You know, it's, it's according to societal expectations. And those expectations are the narcissist expectations. Right. So this is how we do things. And, um, you know, we need to eat at, at this time because, you know, we've got to do that at that time. Um, and the reason we do that at that time is because, you know, well, the rest of the country is doing the same thing. Like here in England, um, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon is when the Queen traditionally gives a speech to the nation. Um, and for a narcissistic mother, that's very important, you know, that everyone, that the meal is finished by then so that we can all sit and uh, we can stand and cheers the queen, um, you know, and there's a stress on the meal then, you know, that it's got to be on the table by one o'clock so that we're finished by three. And if it's not, oh, it's, you know, come on, everyone, you know, get a move on. And everyone's got to do what the narcissistic mother wants at the time she wants because it's her day. Yeah, it is her day. So Christmas dinner is really not about um, everybody enjoying each other's company. It's, it's mm -hmm. all about image and control. 
So mm -hmm. uh, that is why it is so uncomfortable for everybody to be there. So let's say that the mother starts with a toast or a prayer. Let's let's start with that. So how would that go go down? <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's move on to the dinner now. So everyone <laughs> everyone's seated, seated around the table after having endured the um the build-up. <laughs> um and uh, you know, before you can begin serving up or anything like that, the narcissistic mother um, may choose that opportunity to assert their control over things even more. Now, you see, the narcissist is, is very subtle um, in their communication style. So a lot of it can be verbal or non-verbal communication. Um, so there might be sort of oh, dirty looks thrown across the table when somebody's about to dig into something or, um, you know, oh, gosh, <laughs> um, glances at, oh, gosh, what are you doing? You know, this, uh, we don't do that now. Um, almost sort of shaming people for not, not knowing how to behave properly. properly. <laughs> um, so starting with a toast, um, is aimed at asserting control, but it's also about um, getting an emotional reaction from those around the table. So the narcissist may do something like recall family members who've died, you know, who, who the narcissist really misses and knows that the other family missed too. Um, or thinks that the other family member misses <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they might just touch on, you know, just to get a bit of an emotional reaction there to, you know, to show the great empathy that the narcissist has um, and how they're willing to, you know, put their food on one side and focus on the really important thing, which is the family first. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then there, there may also be, um, you know, if, if, if it's a religious family, you know, say it's a Christian family, the children were brought up Christian, they're now adults and have maybe moved, moved away from the faith and the narcissistic mother knows this, but there's no way she's letting them get away with that um, at her Christmas dinner. And so she'll begin with a prayer. Yeah. And so... So let's say, so if there's a scapegoat child there, the scapegoat child, upon hearing this prayer, um, because they're always stirring up trouble, mm -hmm. might say to the mother, why are you always bringing religion into everything? And then that's an opportunity for the golden child to pipe up and say, why can't you ever go along with things for the sake of a peaceful holiday? You're always trying to create drama. And then you, then the father's there, he's saying it to enable the mother. He's saying, stop it, girls. You're, in, you're upsetting your mother. <laughs> um, so, so already everybody is on edge because, you know, the, the scapegoat child is already aggravated. And so it just takes a little something for them to act up. And then of course, 
the whole ball starts rolling through the family, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what the narcissist wants. She wants these little bickerings, these little skirmishes, the husband stepping in, you know, because it's all the focus is on her again, you know? And, and, and it's done, it's done, it's done in a way to make her look like the innocent one and, you know, the good kind hearted one that wants to, you know, bring everyone's focus onto the real meaning of the day. Um, when really we know that the real meaning for the narcissist is herself <laughs> yes. and her needs and getting her supply. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes she may reminisce something like, when I was young, I never got presents. I mean, you should be so grateful for what you have. I never got presents. And she creates a narrative that it's her victimization and her martyrdom. Um, so what other kind of things would be happening? <clears throat> well, I mean, if we move to the part now, we've, we've you know, we had the prayer or the cheers at the start, uh, then everyone's able to dish up their, their food. Um, and this is a moment of tension too, you know. Um, there's, a, there's an awareness that the narcissistic mother is is keeping tabs on what everyone's taking um, or is just aware of it, you know? So if you're taking, I don't know, a helping of something that's not big, um, she might comment on that and say, oh, you know, perhaps more of that. You really like, you know, those, the cranberry sauce or whatever it is, you know, make sure you have more more of that or um, there might be a shaming remark, you know, Oh gosh, you know, save some for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a subtle put down, you know, and often towards the, the scapegoat child, I would imagine. Um, so there's tension dishing up. And also, you know, as many people these days have their own special diets and, you know, we don't all eat the same things anymore. The narcissistic mother would take that quite personally as, um, you know, their child uh, displaying even more independence uh, from her, which is something she does not like. I mean, to be, it's, it's a display of assertiveness. Um, and that's, that never really goes down very well with a narcissistic mother. Uh, so so it, she may comment on that and, you know, say, oh gosh, you know, you're always on some, I don't know, health kick, is it, you know, is it helping or... Um, or yeah. it doesn't look like it's helping. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. right. I don't well, know why you're doing this. You, you look the same to me or, or, you know, or you're gaining weight. You're trying to lose weight and it seems as if you're gaining weight. Yes. But, you know, if it's working for you, yeah. it's just a shame. You know, she said things like, oh, it's just a shame you can't, you know, have what you like because I know you like these. You know, so there's a, there's a real sense also of, of in some ways being criticized uh, for having your own choices um because that doesn't suit the narcissist you know that's that's not putting her first you should be adapting your choices to keep her happy comfortable 
Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've been at the table where um, like my sister would just like crack a joke and then I would start laughing and the, and my mother would be staring across the table and saying, what is so funny? Or, or my sister might whisper something in my ear and, and she's like, you know, oh, we're telling secrets now or something like that, you know, so she's watching and nobody's allowed to have fun at this table, right? No, it's not. She doesn't mind having fun as long as, as long as she's still the focus of, of the, you know, so if she's been able to tell the joke um, or um, everyone's including her in it first, you know, focusing it on, towards her so that she's you know she's the the only audience then she's okay with it a bit but she doesn't like it when somebody else puts themselves suddenly in the limelight um so that 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 sort of attention um has got to be nipped in the bud and everyone's got to refocus on her even if she, even if it means um bringing the mood down around the table that's still for her her way of being the dominant one you know because then everyone's thinking oh gosh what must I do now to bring the mood back up <laughs> that's so true that's so true um so what about um so I could I could imagine you know, the mother wanting everybody to be drinking more because it'll loosen their boundaries and she can have more control. And, you know, she may look at the golden child and say, oh, but you don't drink. <laughs> and the scapegoat child says, um, I think she does. <laughs> I think she does. I don't think you're, you know, you're, you're seeing this correctly. And then the mother says, oh, no. Oh, no she doesn't do things like that right <laughs> i could see that scenario right yeah absolutely and the you know the scapegoat kind of going well trust me she does <laughs> <laughs> and there being that awkward kind of um awkward tension and silence that falls um you know because the narcissistic mother will not allow the image of the extension of her to be tarnished by anyone which is the golden child she's quite happy for the scapegoat to you know have a reputation of of drinking a bit more because well what do we expect um but for the golden child no um there's this sort of um glorified image that is actually the image that she has of herself um, so when you you suggest that the, the golden child likes to have a drink, you're actually suggesting to the narcissist mother that she likes to drink. And how dare you do such a thing, you know? Even if she's drinking. Well, even if she's Well, that's absolutely. <laughs> she's already half sloshed. <laughs> no. And one of my clients recently, you know, this is a very bizarre thing. Well, maybe not so bizarre. She mentioned how at the Christmas dinner table, she'd noticed her narcissistic mother last year had, um, you know, she'd waited for my client to dish up. And she'd almost followed my client around the table as she dished up the different bits. But she was insistent that my client go first, 
because she would copy what amounts of things my client would take so that she she wasn't losing the competition or or taking more and feeling less than somehow so there was a even in the dishing up there was this power subtle power game and tension going on that left my client almost unable to digest anything um so, so the subtleties here of this this dynamic around the table it, you know to think of of the family trying to enjoy the meal and digest things it's almost impossible in a situation like that so no wonder the family members may be having another drink um thank god for turkey if you're having turkey it's got some tryptophan in it which is you know it, it kind of helps to calm calm everyone down and make you drowsy um, I think you would need it in that situation. Um, yeah, so, so the whole family here is sort of unable to re really enjoy the meal. And they're probably thinking, you know, I can't wait for this to be over. Or what happens is people just think, I'm going to, I'm just going to eat and eat and stuff, stuff all this, all these tense, awful, uncomfortable feelings down. Let's just eat and eat so that we can pass out afterwards. <laughs> and meanwhile, the father is saying nothing and just drinking, right? He's, he's not commenting on anything. He's just, he just doesn't want to deal with this and he wants no. to burn out, right? Exactly. And, and actually, for the narcissistic family, dealing with emotions has never been part of the family. And especially at Christmas, it becomes apparent that there is no actual real connection. There's no real healthy bonds no. in the family. And, and so... Right, but there's an illusion. The mother wants the illusion that there is. And so everyone has the illusion, but they don't really feel it, do they? No, not at all. So there's a real... It's almost like an underlying, I think, sadness around the table that needs to be either drowned out or stuffed down somehow disconnected from because the charade is becomes more apparent as the day wears on so true well and you know and for those who are watching this you know i'm sure there this is so relatable and maybe, um, maybe you've wondered why you dread these days. And maybe you've never really taken it apart. But if you think about really the dynamics that are going on while you're there, which, we're, which um, Christy is actually bringing up and illuminating for us, it, it helps you to understand why it's so tense. So is there anything else? that you would say about what goes on while they're eating? I guess only in that, you know, actually once once the members start eating and they've all dished up and all of that's over, um, th there can be a momentary relief. <laughs> you know, everyone's got some food in their mouths. <laughs> there might be a bit of a hush around the table and you, there is a bit of a calm 
just for a moment. Um, but the thing is, it's an uneasy calm because we're just waiting for some family member, more than likely the narcissistic mother, perhaps, or the scapegoat, to say something that's going to rock the boat yet again. So the narcissistic mother might, you know, bring up an inappropriate topic. I don't know, you know, about politics or um, religion mm. or the marriage, your marriage or, you know, something like that. That's just going to once again create tension and make her the focus again and make the other members uncomfortable so that they can't even enjoy their meal. It's so amazing how, <clears throat> excuse me, how subtle um, the behavior can be from the narcissistic mother. And yet it could be a glance, it could be a tone of voice and everybody goes back to the old pattern. It's very yes. difficult to resist that. It is because I think underneath it all, I think what the narcissistic mother wants, she wants everyone always to empathize with her because that's what she didn't get when she was a child. And so now everyone in her life is to empathize with her because somehow that's making up for the wounds that she has, that she, she has totally cut off from. And she can even justify her behavior based on that, based on, well, you know, Christmas for me every year was, you know, and my father pulled out the belt afterwards or something it bad memories whatever the memories yeah. might be and so yeah. it justifies her bringing everybody else down absolutely and you know she, she there's no empathy for anybody else around that table there's no empathy and really i mean that is the that is what what the spirit of Christmas is all all about. Really, is having empathy for for others. Empathy is love, you know, sharing love and you know wanting to reconnect with those that that we really love. Mm -hmm. um, but for the narcissistic mother, there is no love no. ultimately, and they pretty much assure that not only is there no love from her but there's no love between the family members because mm -hmm. she has triangulated everybody and everybody is glaring at everybody else and judging um and also vying for the crumbs that the mother may give yes absolutely so i guess that kind of in some ways concludes the the meal itself uh, so everyone's eaten, you know, probably to the maximum um, or has not been able to digest anything and is feeling, feeling unable to eat uh, and, and maybe have had, have, has had a, a couple to drink, which is exactly what the narcissistic mother wants. Um, she wants people's boundaries to be a little bit loosened. Um, she wants them to be... She insists that they be comfortable and um, relax now um, after the meal, um, because she knows that when you know when you've had a bit of alcohol or 
anything like that, she might be more able to sort of ask inappropriate questions of you or test your boundaries a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, That's right. And it can feel it can feel quite uncomfortable this next part now. Um, because there's no distraction hereafter of the meal. Now we've got to get up from the table. And what do you do? You know, I've got to, I've got to sit down and relax with my narcissistic family, my narcissistic mother. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. You know, and it, it can actually be even worse at this point in the day um, because now you've got to try to connect and, and you know, you, you, you probably won't want to. In fact, you're probably thinking by this point, gosh, when, when are we going to be able to leave? where everybody's on their phone trying to yes. something else but each other right exactly um i'm so this 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 time after the meal is kind of another key moment for the narcissistic mother now to come in um and sort of assert themselves because you, she'll notice that you might feel a bit awkward and uncomfortable. And um, this, this for her is actually a source of supply. Um, she doesn't mind seeing that at all because it, it shows that she's still got the power to influence you. Um, and the narcissist may sort of shame you or act disappointed when you're not willing to engage in emotional conversations with with her right and so I she could, might you know she might and i could she imagine might ask, like um mm. right, like some i could imagine something like her saying um to the scapegoat child who now has a very prominent job and is making money so how is your job you know with with a question in the voice it must be very stressful for you, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the scapegoat child says, uh, well, no, as a matter of fact, I really like my job. And then they begin defending themselves. And it's that typical trap where the more they defend themselves, the worse it gets. And she's looking at them thinking, mm-hmm, I think I'm right, you know. Mm -hmm. But then she might look over at the golden child and she might say, so yeah, I know you've been very happy at your job. I yeah, you know, and that that's wonderful. Many years, yeah. Yes, it's um, it, it's fascinating. They can send arrows out, um, couched in care. Yeah. You know, oh god, you know, so yes, you've got a new job, another new job. Oh gosh, you know, um. Well, you know, it sounds like it's, you know, it's really quite involved for you. Yeah. And are you, are you okay in it? You know, how are you managing with the children and, you know, all of that as well? Oh, gosh, well, I hope, I hope it's okay. I hope you do, you know, find your feet. And so, so it's all this kind of, you can tell, you can pick up the energy from it. Um, that it's not actually a kind, caring concern. In fact, it's a it's a moment where she's able to 
try to get you to doubt yourself. And having grown up with a narcissistic mother, people will know that there is a strong tendency to doubt oneself because that's been instilled from childhood. Right. And we don't want to show that, but inside we're miserable. We're just feeling miserable from, from this kind of put down. Um, and it's so apparent um, the way she treats the golden child and the scapegoat child, how different they are treated. And as she's treating them separately, it's creating animosity between them. And so the golden child is feeling very uppity and the other child mm -hmm. is feeling self-doubt, but it doesn't come out that way, does it? They're not going to show that. No, not at all. And, 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 and that's, a great, that's the pity of these, these households, you know, because often the siblings then are, they miss out sometimes on having, you know, a healthy brother-sister relationship, which can be so life-giving. Um, but there's, there's constantly then this competitiveness that's put in place, you know, even the scapegoat is in some ways in her in their defensiveness is trying to keep up the facade of I'm absolutely fine I'm doing brilliantly everything's fine and the golden child doesn't have to defend themselves but is being told they're doing absolutely perfectly and everything's fine so they've got to keep it up as well mm -hmm. and that's a lot of pressure mm, both sides both sides so where does that leave us now so so we had dinner we've now yeah. relaxed <laughs> oh, yes relaxed um well you know there's still the table to clear and you know things to be put away and um so so there's two different sort of ways of of the narcissistic mother responding to this part of the day you know some narcissistic mothers like to only do the fun things so when I say fun things I mean like you know even cooking can be fun and getting it ready and doing all the dishes involved in that um but when it comes to the things like clearing up all the leftovers and you know picking up the stuff on the floor or they don't want to do that um so so what you might often find that it falls on the husband's in the husband's hands to go out and clean everything up and then put everything away or uh, the narcissistic mother will be in full control at this point um so it will be you know oh no 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 please you know just careful with those glasses because we've had them you know since grandma grandma gave them to us um and and you know you know oh you sarah can you can you just get the you know the the proper pan to put in that cupboard there you know no that doesn't go there can you I, you know and there's a there's a sense here of sort of um wanting people to help but not wanting them telling them that she doesn't want them to help because they're not doing it correctly right and when, so nothing you do is good enough. Right. And, and what that does is it creates tension in everybody. And they do things like break glasses and, and plates and things like that and drop things because they're feeling so 
uptight over this yeah. just toxic energy. Mm -hmm. Or like, um, you know, I can remember my, my mother saying, those wine, don't put those wine glasses in the dishwasher. They don't go in the dishwasher. And then like my sister who was escaping going, you always put the wine glasses in the dishwasher. And she goes, no, I don't. That's your father. <laughs> so then he gets, so it, it's gaslighting at the same time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And thinking about it as well, you know, when it comes to the tidying up part, the golden child might be the first to kind of jump in and, oh yes, let's, you know, let's do this because it will help mum and it'll help to keep, you know, keep mum happy, which is the aim of the game really here. Right. Um, and the narcissistic mother might actually sort of encourage that and say, oh darling, you know, you're always <laughs> so good at this. You know, you're, oh, gosh, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you a good daughter? You know, thank you so much. But, but what she's doing there is she's getting you to do her bidding. Not her bidding, but she's getting you to serve her. So true. And keep in your role of golden child. Right. Absolutely. And as the golden child, you're the pleaser and that's your job. Like you said, you know, to keep mother happy. That is your job. And um, it's so it might be that, you know, around the Christmas dinner table this year, um, you might be able to observe this a bit more, actually, these sort of more subtle dynamics, but also your own reactions, your own instinctive sort of oh, jumping at the dirty look of the mother to put things right, or the, the natural inclination to constantly be checking in on mum you know even just looking is she okay or uh you know all oh, filling up her glass or you know making sure checking in on her in the kitchen is everything okay in here mum you know right trying to anticipate her needs yes absolutely and then you you might find yourself even being a bit annoyed if, if you are the golden child with the scapegoat sibling you know well can't you almost you know getting a bit resentful at their lack of their lack of cooperation in keeping mum happy, you know, at different, at different junctures. Mm. So that, I think that kind of, that kind of brings together the whole of the family meal. We've got the, the last part now, which is sort of saying, you know, the end, the end of it and leaving. Um, but really, I think the whole of the meal, the whole of the afternoon is really about putting on a show, about keeping up appearances. And it's also the subtle message that comes through from the narcissistic mother or father that you belong to this family and you can't escape. This is, this is, you can't escape this. And, 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 and that's a really difficult thing to sit with um, for an adult child because they, their gut may be telling them, I don't want nothing more to do with these people. I never want to spend another Christmas like this. <laughs> but on the other hand, they're thinking, well, 
what choice do I have? I belong to this family. Right. This is my you know, family. Right. I cannot escape. Yes. What a dreadful feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, so you were saying that at like three o'clock. Yes. Just the queen speaks, you know. And I can just imagine the scapegoat child going again. The queen yes. says the same thing every year, and the mother's going, We need to be a proper family. This is what proper families do, right? Of course. We're going to stand with every other family in the country at this time, you know. Gosh, of course we're going to do that, you know. And gosh, heaven, of course we would. Heaven forbid we didn't, you know, it's, um, it's what you do. And I, I think that's the, the difficulty with these mothers, you know, they have no core self. It's all about what do we need to do to keep up the show? And it's exhausting. It is utterly exhausting. Instead of, you know, just allowing life to happen and, you know, having a, a sense of self to go to, the, the narcissist has to be controlling the outside. I'm already, I feel this, you know, know, in my solar plexus. I like feel the tension here because it's so yeah. familiar. These are, this, these dynamics are so familiar. Mm. Amazingly familiar. Whether it's mm. Christmas dinner or any other family um, yes. kind of get together or holiday or anything like that, because it seems to be the same dynamic all the time. But mm. Christmas brings with it a lot of expectations. And, and like we said in the beginning, even though there's been decades of miserable Christmases, everyone comes hoping this one will be better. Yeah. Never is. No. And, and, and laced throughout the day is the mother's disappointment. You, you know that, that <laughs> she... she she will give you little moments of disappointment that keep you on your toes. You know, it's not a big disappointment, but it's a little disappointment just to make you, oh, step up because you don't want to make the whole day a disappointment. So she might give you a, a you know, glance of oh, dissatisfaction or um, just kind of shake her head at one point or go walk out of the room with a huff. So the whole of the day, although it's a lovely celebration, it's it's laced with these moments of disappointment that are culminate in the leaving, actually. So, so when it comes to leaving, um, the narcissist will look disappointed at you leaving so soon, regardless of the time. They'll turn on the guilt and remind you subtly that you are ruining their Christmas for them and making it sad. They yearn for you to stay with them as you did as a little child in whatever role you were in so that they will feel loved again. They miss having their adoring children around who were like toys to play with every day. 
who didn't demand anything and did what they were told and you know did what the narcissist wanted without complaining that's right she could use them whenever she wanted and had complete dominion over them but now that they're adults they are rejecting her and not cooperating with all her attempts to reinstate the status quo and this is infuriating to her and really for the narcissist that's what she's ultimately longing for is to have those children back as toddlers where they are completely manipulable and adoring of her and anything that threatens that now as adults she, she can't cope with and it will be met with disappointment but you see she's also she's rounding the day off here with guilt yes that maybe maybe they didn't do what they needed to do to make mom happy yeah. because yeah. It's, it's the job of the family it's a, it's especially the job of the golden child but everybody mm. in the family knows that if they don't try to keep the peace and make mom happy their lives are miserable exactly and it also sets up preparations for next christmas <laughs> <laughs> and you know people say to me you know before christmas i know there's a lot of information out there about whether or not to go how to go how to navigate the process whether you stay whether you you know bow out um there's a lot of information there and i think we probably skipped over that because there's so much of that out there um yeah this is more about the dynamics between the people, uh, which yes. I think is relatable to everyone and helps mm -hmm. them to see, like you said, you know, maybe this time they will observe, maybe this time mm -hmm. they will see what's actually being done. They'll sit back, you know, and just watch mm -hmm. the dynamics. And yes. so um, this is really educating for people. This is yeah. Yes, it's it's um it's surprising how relatable these things are, these dynamics, you know, to to most, I mean, you know, if you've had a narcissistic parent, you know it. Um and 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 because the the, the characteristics of a narcissist are generally the same, the lacking in empathy, the you know, the needing to get supply, the focus on the self all of these things are generic it plays out especially at these family gathering gatherings yes um and particularly like you say at christmas you know where from a christian perspective the focus is meant to be on the true god but as we know in a narcissistic household god is not god god is the narcissistic parent yes that's the God so is channeled through the narcissistic parent. Yes, it is. Wow. Great, great analogy. So how do we sum all this up? It's. 
I think it, I think for the the adult child of a family like this is 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 to remember that actually this is not a healthy family. This is not really a family. It's um a pretend family. Yes. That you're going to have Christmas with, or that's coming to you. And to have no expectations of having a sense of family, real family, as a result of having Christmas with them. And that's, I think that requires a bit of preparation beforehand. It's, it's almost like a, a letting go of any rising emotions that you may be having before Christmas, thinking, oh, it would be lovely just to sit next to mum and have a cup of tea and chat and it's almost letting go of those desires yes. um, and preparing oneself to be an observer. Yes. And then, you know, all the other sort of, sort of tips that, that are out there, you know, putting boundaries around your time, you know, because you need to be the parent, the good parent for yourself in this situation. So how can you best take care of yourself? What do you need to navigate this day? And it might be that you find you need to, you need to go out for outdoors for five minutes every hour, or you might need to make a fake phone call, or <laughs> you might need these little moments of reprieve uh, from that intensity uh, of all being under one roof again yes but it's never going to be easy no it's never going to be easy um, so is there anything else that that we want to touch on i mean um that's great advice for people to be able to get up and, you know, maybe relieve themselves from time to time to break the tension. But also, I think that Christmas dinner, because it is so, uh, such a toxic place and you're so locked in. Yes. Sometimes you can just visit, drop off a present and you don't have to stay for Christmas dinner. You can have an out. Um, if you find that you just cannot handle that toxic environment, you have to make the choice about what you need. Because if you're if if one day with mom at Christmas is going to take two to three weeks to recover from, <coughs> do you know, Randy? One of my clients, um, she she tried to do just that. She thought, no, I'm not going to go around and spend Christmas with my mom and another family member this year. I've done it for the last six years. I'm just not doing it. So she said that to her mother, look, I'm not coming around this year, but I'll come around the day after, after Christmas. You have the meal and everything on Christmas day and uh, we'll exchange gifts on Boxing Day as it's called here on the, the 26th. Um, so my client goes round to her mum on the 26th. And what her mother has done is she simply postponed Christmas. <laughs> so she moved the 25th celebrations to the 26th wow. and the daughter arrived to a, a, 
you know, a roast turkey, you know, <laughs> everyone waiting to pull crackers and, you know, it was, it was, there was no way the mother was going to let the daughter not be there. <laughs> so, yeah. I had, I, I had um, a client at one point um, prepare the whole dinner, uh, invite everyone over, prepare the, uh, the whole dinner. And then there was a knock at the door and it was a meal delivery. The mother had ordered an entire Christmas meal to be delivered after the daughter had cooked the entire thing. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, talk about insulting. Oh. <laughs> it's very disrespectful, actually, isn't it? You oh, see? It is. Yes. Mm. I mean, there's so much, so many underlying messages there. So, well, oh, well, thank you so much for sharing. Pleasure, with us. Yeah. So um, tell us how we can get in touch with you. Uh, I know that you specialize right. in work. You live in the UK, but you do um, therapy everywhere. I do. I do. Yes, I, I work globally. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with me personally, it's probably best to use my my email which is christiana at delightinyou.com so that's christiana at d-e-l-i-g-h-t-i-n-u.com um, the word you or the letter you oh the letter you oh delight in you okay <laughs> because that's where we want to get you to is to delighting in yourself again yes um, because often that that was lacking in childhood the the real you was never really seen um if you if you're the child of a narcissist so amazing um, well um thanks it's been so much fun having you i mean like i said you know in the beginning there is a sense of humor to this um and i want people to be able to really look at it from that point of view because it's too painful otherwise so um thank you for presenting it in a light that can make us all maybe laugh at this yes i think that's really important to be able to laugh at it a bit right you know and to sort of see the comical unbelievable lengths that the narcissistic mother is willing to go to <laughs> <laughs> to maintain her her domain um, her domain her yeah. <laughs> a kingdom. Yeah. kingdom the kingdom of right of the queen the queen the mm -hmm. queendom well thank you again and um, it's been a pleasure thank you Randy take care thank you